on this episode of My Lash 2 Brain Cells. For us, we just, we just, we work really, really hard when yeah. we want to. And it, the fact that and we like, don't when we don't. Exactly. Hi, vibes. Hi, vibes. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And welcome to My, my Lash, Lash 2 Brain, Brain Cells. Cells. I'm your host, Maddie Morris. And I'm Elliot Morris. And we have a very, very exciting episode that includes quite a lot of you guys today because today's topic is answering your burning questions. I did a Q&A on my stories and I got about mm, 25-ish questions in the last few hours. So we're going to be answering some of the first ones. Um, and I'm going to be kind of taking the lead on this one because Elliot did a really, really long mentoring call today. And <laughs> you know, guys, we went for it. His voice is shot. It's it's uh, it's a little done. We went like it was like a little over two hours. It was great though. So I if you're if you're very... just here for Elliot, click off now because yeah, you're getting you Maddie. Leave. Um. Also, if you want to do a mentoring call with me, they're on the website. So are they, are they now? Well, you're gonna right put... now they're not, but by the time we post this, they will be. There you go. Yeah. So as you guys know, I've been offering mentoring calls on my website, like one two hour mentoring calls. Um. Usually it's it's business focused, and recently people have been asking for mentoring calls with Elliot that are more focused on like Facebook ads and stuff like that. And marketing. so marketing, yeah. So we're adding an option to have a call with Elliot. So those are up on the website by the time you see this. Super exciting. Um. And I actually have an announcement for this episode. Ooh, what's that? I know. I don't usually have a lot to announce to you guys, but we're gonna be speaking at LashCon. Let's go! Can you Lashcon. believe that, you guys? This is literally yeah. a dream come true. Um, I attended LashCon in 2019, and mm. I was a baby lash artist. I didn't know anyone. I felt like I was the only one there without lash friends. Like people had prepared their friend groups before coming. Mm. Um, and I went with Elliot. I bought Elliot a ticket <laughs> to go with me. Um, and Elliot knew nothing about lashes or the lash industry at the time, nothing. so he was purely there just to hang out with Moral me. Moral support. Moral support. And we made so many friends and uh people that i still talk to to this day some of them even listen to the podcast hey jessica hey jessica how you doing girl <laughs> um but yeah it's it's been really really cool to see how LashCon has kind of evolved because when i first heard of it i was like oh my gosh a conference completely for lash artists like that didn't exist there no. was just you know big conferences and so um the second i heard that there was a place for lash artists to gather you know in a big group i was like sign, sign me, me up. up so um yeah elliot and i my last two brain cells Layheart lash we are speakers this year um we're probably going to be talking about something along the lines of like building an education empire um so i want to thank i want to take a moment to thank paul and tessany from lashcast for this opportunity because they are the sweetest loveliest people and um yeah, I, I love their vision. I love their vision for this year. Um, all about playing the long game in this business. So mm. um, grateful to them. And let's get into your burning questions. Okay, so um, number one, we'll start out with a bang. Uh, East Coast Lash Co. asked how to survive the impending recession. <gasps> the <gasps> impending recession. <laughs> you can't. Pack up. Pack <laughs> it up, babes. Get We're you, done. Get your bunker. Get you get into your bunker. Start canning goods now. Yeah, start investing in. I don't even know. Everything's yeah. going down. Bitcoin. I mean, here's the thing: like the economy ebbs and flows. Like that's just how it is. But I mean, just speaking from like just as a lash artist, as a service provider in general, I think the best way to not the kind of recession proof your business is to like have a differentiated service. Like have a service that is so differentiated and good and you have just like mastered your craft that when everyone else kind of starts to have slower seasons you're always in, you're always busy yeah, just have clients that are obsessed with you yeah easy so sounds like an easy answer <laughs> but i mean it's so crazy because people in my dms are always talking about like the recession and everything like that but in, i work with 
you know, alongside all these girls in the building that aren't experiencing that. Yeah. And well, one thing historically, beauty has been a fairly recession resistant industry. Isn't that interesting? Because like, you would think beauty would be the first to go. But it's it's not. If you look at like women's priorities in recessions, there are so many things that are lower priority than beauty services. Like beauty services in the last like in 2008 in um, uh, the like. COVID was different because, you know, you had to shut down. But even if you look at the like COVID related recession after yeah. everyone's allowed to open back up and even back like uh, 20 years before that and like the, the recession, like during Jimmy Carter's time, like beauty has always been a very recession resistant industry. So it's not something that I would spend a whole lot of like brain power worrying about and like just focus on the things that you can control which is providing a very very good service for your clients that's and making the best, your clients that's the best with advice you. because you you know doing lashes you cannot control a recession you can't control a recession but you it, can no. control a lot of things in your business mm -hmm. um and yeah client experience and differentiating yourself you know really really uh excelling at your skills taking those like uh expert level trainings advancing your artistry being a sought after artist in your area that'll always the um, things that make you do well in a recession are the things that make you do well all the time all the time and uh yeah i i remember like um there's you know artists that i know that are always trying to be the cheapest they're always like racing to the bottom who can be the most discounted who can be the cheapest um who can get the most clients through the door and in times of like when people are um kind of scraping by of course the first thing to go is going to be their lashes because they're they've been mm -hmm. attracting the wrong kind of clientele yeah. not the wrong kind of clientele just a different clientele that's not going to prioritize beauty services during a recession but there is a clientele that absolutely it's not going to make a dent to them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, you know no matter what the economy does yeah and Another thing related to this is recessions are often the best times to um, grow your business. Um, you have to be very careful about, um, you know, making big investments as the economy is going down. But often what you'll see, you see it a lot with a lot of big companies is all the biggest companies in the world. Um, if you look at all of them, the majority of them were started during recessions. Recessions yeah. are what make really really strong companies because they're able to ride that wave out of the recession so if you're looking around um one thing that uh warren buffett always said is he one of like the the axioms that he lived by was to be fearful when people are greedy and be greedy when people are fearful and um if you are looking at this recession as um as you know the economy goes down who knows where it's going to go from here but as you look at it and you look, okay, if everyone around me is super scared of what's about to happen, how can I make investments for the future? Um, and, you know, if you're looking at your every like geographic area is going to be different. But if in your area, like real estate's getting hit really hard, like commercial real estate's getting hit really hard from um, the increased interest rates or, or whatever's happening, like office vacancy, office vacancy is going way, way up. And if you see like some um, spaces that come available that are um, like landlords are having a lot of trouble filling for commercial spaces, could be a really good opportunity to open up salon suites or something like yeah. that. Sorry, we ran into some technical difficulties, but as I was saying, um, looking at the this like recession or whatever happens as an opportunity to um you know be greedy when others are fearful fearful 
Um, and not to the point where you make, you know, any, you have to be very careful. Like yeah. there it's, it's a high risk, high reward time to do things like interest rates are very high. If you're taking out loans to like start something big, you're going to be paying a lot of interest on them. Um, the economy isn't as stable. So like there's, there's some more inherent risk if you're like expanding, but it can be a very good opportunity to open something like a salon suites. Or if you're in a, like, if you're, if you own a day spa or something and you want to expand, this could be a really good time to get a, a bigger location. Yeah. It doesn't like always that. have to be a scary thing. No, no, it doesn't. And all the, the best business people try to look at every economic situation as logically as possible. Yeah. And they try, the people who are very good at like staying in business for a very long time, don't let themselves make emotional decisions or get swept up in the like fervor that everyone else is feeling and don't don't make um don't try and like follow along with the crowd and like oh the economy's going down i gotta sell all my stocks guys i genuinely saw a lash artist the other day on instagram post on her stories a recession sale yeah like don't do that a recession sale that's i mean i don't want to like call someone out for like doing a recession sale but i would recommend against doing that i would recommend doing everything you possibly can in your power before doing that. i would yeah i would i would just not say that if you're gonna run a sale call it a different kind of sale don't say it's a recession sale absolutely like, um like because that's just that's not the like thing you want to associate with your you don't business. want fear to be associated yeah with your it's business. not a good like brand image to be yeah. like hey we are the, we're the recession lashes get us <laughs> it's like it's kind of that's kind of a short-term thing like they might have got some sales from it but it's a, it's a very like short-term way to way to think about like selling more stuff yeah okay second question from minked by sarah is what helps you separate work from your personal life like how do you not think of work tasks during your personal life my answer to this is that i don't i completely interchange the two yeah i don't i don't know how to no and that's perfectly fine that's that's my answer um uh, your your answer is that you you should be okay with not if yeah. that's just how you are. My answer is that personally, I have built a business that I love and care about so deeply. And it is a very purpose-driven business and a passion-driven business that when I am alone at night or when I am like on vacation or I'm uh, spending time with my friends outside of work, um, I am comfortable having those conversations still float around my mind. I'm comfortable like working on Instagram or like coming up with new ideas or talking to Elliot about things. Um, obviously sometimes I'm not in the mood and I completely honor that just completely separate part of my life. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'll be on a walk with Elliot or something and I'm like, I don't want to talk about business at all. And we won't. Yeah. But um, the majority of the time I really like talking about my business because it is just like the funnest, most exciting part of my life. I think the thing that's really worked for us is that we talk about business and we think about business when we want to. And then we don't when, when we, we don't, don't want, want to. to. <laughs> yeah. When we don't want to talk about business, like we don't we don't force it at all. Like there's some days where I'll just get up and I'm really not feeling it and I'll play video games. And, all day. and we, we totally like I think honor and give each other grace and especially owning a business together. Yeah. Sometimes one of you isn't going to be in business mode yeah. and you have to be OK with that. Like that is one of the things about being like partners is that it doesn't always line up. No. That's true. That's and true. so a lot of the time that I, you know, am like, uh, oh, I have this burst of energy. I really want to work on like my online courses or something. It's always at 11. It's always at 11 p.m. And Elliot's <laughs> like, and Elliot knows those kind of like, those kind of nights. He he might be up until two waiting for me. You know, I'm like I'm like go go print some money for me. <laughs> I'm like go go go. Yeah, and if there's you know a week where Elliot's like, girl, I'm in video game mode. I'm yeah. like, okay, but, but it's okay because like other weeks I'll stay up to like midnight working on stuff. So it's like you know. I, for us, we just, we just, we work really, really hard when yeah. we want to. And it, the fact that and we like, don't when we don't exactly. Cause it's like, it's so hard. And like, I feel like 
I do worse work if I'm like forcing myself to do yeah. something that I don't want to be doing. So mm-hmm. it's like, so I, th- I, I think intermixing the two of them, that's the thing is like business is so much different than a nine to five. Oh and, yeah. And when Being you're, in business for yourself. And I feel totally. like that's kind of a nine to five mentality of like, okay, I have to leave work at I'm work clocking out in at order five. to have my five to nine, which is the part of life I enjoy. That's kind of instilled in us. Yeah. But imagine if you're nine to five and then five to nine, you, it, it might be sometimes it might be harder. Sometimes it might be easier, but you kind of enjoy all of it. And yeah. it's sort of a game. Like that sounded very Gary V of us. <laughs> <laughs> No, not in a bad way. Like in a, I, Gary, Gary's cool. I mean, not not for me, but for a lot of people. I just was I, no, saying, just, just the that's a very guys. On second thought, mentality. on second on second thought, don't get a business partner. They're so annoying. Um, no, I'm just saying. Like, I hey, feel I'm sure like, a lot of people in the audience love Gary V. Okay, I don't. I've never listened to Gary V. I'm just saying. I I'm sure he's I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's lovely. I've never I've never talked to him. But I'm just saying. I I think that you should create a business that you kind of enjoy, like bringing home sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you I think honestly my response to that would be if you feel like working on your business outside of like business hours that means that you're like in the right business. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a good sign. It's a good sign. That's like oh yeah you're doing something that you're passionate about like. Yeah. Keep doing a that. A million percent. And I will just say the other night I was working on stuff um, on Canva, like coming up with posts and coming up with, um, you know, launches. And, it, and it's it's been somewhat stressful. You know, there's like deadlines for a lot of the projects we're coming up with and courses and stuff. And I was thinking about it for a second. I was like, this part that isn't pretty that nobody sees, you know, like me just in kind of goblin mode, like working on my computer. And she, and she does go goblin girl, mode. I do be in goblin mode sometimes, you know, just just working like late at night when everyone else is asleep no pants. On, on stuff that like no one's ever going to see that side of me True. but it's like that kind of discipline is what's going to propel the business forward True. and if i didn't like discipline myself in times that i not only liked but like times that i didn't want to be doing the thing the business wouldn't propel True. so Facts. yeah um okay uh mallory's makeover asked going from salon to suite rental any advice love it congrats girly Woo. so proud of you that's awesome. Yeah. Um, my, so be- my best advice would honestly be to. They're going um, from like being an employee to. to I would I would assume so just in general, suite. like being being a, um, being at a salon to being <clears throat> in a good. suite rental. I would just say like prepare yourself before you do it. Um, really like yep. figure out where you want to be. If it's something you can afford, like do you have the clientele for it? If you don't kind of what's your marketing strategy? Yeah. Because a lot of times like if you're leaving a salon, it's like, okay, you can't take your whole clientele with you. So yeah. a lot of times you have to, you know, build a Yeah, don't rely scratch. on bringing your whole clientele for you. Yeah. Also, I feel like to be fair, I don't think it's like fair to. I don't think that's that's kind of sketchy. Yeah, I feel I, like I feel bad sketchy. for salon owners when people are I just do. there to take clients and leave. Yeah, because it's like they put in all the hard work of like getting all these clients. There are the really door great salon owners into, out there. Yeah, there are, there are there are. And so like figure out a marketing strategy where you can build clientele on your own when you get out, and then you know figure out your branding, figure yeah. out like do a photo shoot before or something, um like get your LLC, all that sort of stuff, and then when it's time to go, I would say you know leave very amicably, have a very mm-hmm. honest heart to heart conversation with whoever you know you're bosses um d- don't do it like then, yeah have a plan to like build your client have a plan of action yeah and like make sure you get all the legal stuff set up with your business like forming your llc and uh like knowing how you're going to do your taxes like get quickbooks start keeping track of everything yeah, business absolutely. credit card all that stuff um get going independent best course get in the going world independent. yeah if you're a beginner and you like know nothing then get going independent it's our 
beginner business course. Yeah, it's the best. Um, one of my friends asks, has it been stressful for you guys having renters come in and out? Um, there's a lot of studios that have a high turnaround. Um, I mean, yeah, I would prefer if everyone just stayed forever. Of that would course, be great. of course. Um, it's I don't, more. It's more that we're sad when people leave. Yeah, we're like, oh, I will I'm gonna say, miss you. just looking back, like we've been open for one year now, and um, we've never been stressed when people leave because our turnover um has been very quick yeah and so when people move out our like rate of how fast it takes us to fill that room back up is almost a day yeah and most salon suites that are like corporate it takes weeks that rooms just sit vacant with like a vacancy sign on them like we were planning for like 15 percent vacancy which is like 100 percent of the time like one to two of our rooms would be empty yeah Um, and that very much has not been the case but that's like what we that was our expectation going into it because that's like the norm for our industry so we've been completely full since opening but when we've had renters move out whether it be like their lease just ended or you know they were only planning on being here for a short period of time they're moving out of state they're moving out of state like it's all been for very normal reasons oh yeah or they need a bigger room that's why a lot of them do bigger room or you know or smaller whatever 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 it it is. is um one thing about us over like corporate places and so a lot of studios like Lightheart that are like independently owned um they're going to be more comfortable with high turnover because a lot of salon suites that are corporately owned they keep people in their contracts very very tightly yeah they write meaner contracts yeah and so for us we didn't want to be like that it's like we could have but so we've had instances where someone has like rented a room for like say you know a six-month lease and then halfway through they're like oh I, i need to move out of state or i need to do what's best for my family or like i can't afford this right now or like whatever the case may be we we are like hey no worries like let's advertise the room get someone in there and, and then, then as soon as we fill it up you can you can leave out. and that's yeah. just because totally like fine. the people in lightheart are people that we care about and we like want to see them do well so we're more lenient but mm-hmm. for like big corporate places oh, you they won't let you out of your lease for nothing so that's probably oh, yeah. why optically it looks why like they have like just very solid renters because their renters can't leave yeah they know i mean we had a renter in here that was renting like at a corporate place mm-hmm. and oh. if she left before her lease ended which well, she, she was did, paying double rent for like three months she moved it to Lightheart, and the, so the salon suite was like no you still owe us like you know thousands of dollars yeah. a month for Terrible. not being here we, we would have let her out instantly so um yeah it honestly hasn't been stressful i think like no. if you market the suites well and like you have people on your wait list just like ready to go if you have someone that needs to yeah. go well and i think part of it too is that yeah. it it has we've been kind of doing it on easy mode just because your organic audience is so big it can accommodate that yeah it's like we post it we post one reel about it and we get like five inquiries immediately which is like we are very lucky, lucky that that yeah. is the case because it is a lot harder to advertise them without that yeah. like if we like posted about it and no one rented it and then we're like okay well we need to advertise a different way then it gets a little stressful because it's like there aren't any good platforms for advertising salon suites which is so annoying so it really relies on my instagram yeah and last last week we had um you know a vacancy and uh one of our renters moved into a bigger space because she was a makeup artist and needed a huge space and so literally within 24 hours i had five tours booked and the first person that toured rented it so it's kind of like the first to tour gets it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's an amazing thing. I think we're just like any salon suite. Like we, because this is more of a community rather than just, you know, like our business to us. Um, we get like sad when our renters move out. We'll be like, we'll miss you yeah, so much. True. We love you, but we always support them and like, you know, want them to do well. That's the nature of what we do here. But um, not, I wouldn't say stress. No, not stress. Because no. stress would be like, how are we going to fill the room? Yeah, I think it's just more like bittersweet where we're like, oh, we want you to do well, but like we're sad to see you go, obviously. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, alrighty. I'm trying to... Faster, faster. We can't have a lull. People are clicking away okay. as we AZ speak. AZ Lashes asked, if you were to have children, how many children would you have? <laughs> you ever seen the movie Cheaper by the Dozen? <laughs> Twelve. That's going to be us. Twelve little lighthearts running around. Twelve little lighthearts. We're going to fill up at one for every room at the studios. <laughs> That's We're going to kick all the runners out and we will live here. Erica, our renter, said, why are you such a baddie, Maddie? I want to know. Per. The answer, Erica, is... <laughs> <laughs> well, the answer for that is being um, a baddie is a lifestyle. <laughs> it's a choice. I was born this way. It's genetic. <laughs> um, how do you avoid burnout as a lash artist? Salty culture beauty ass. How to avoid burnout as a lash artist. Um, I think number one is... Have an escape plan. <laughs> have an out. Have an out. Um, how, to es- how to avoid burnout. I, yeah. No, I, I actually, I feel like I've you will get burn- burnout way faster if you feel stuck if you're like i have to do this for the rest of my career i have nothing after this you'll get burnt out way faster than if it's like oh i could move on to something else whenever i wanted i'm just doing continuing to do this because i enjoy it i enjoy taking my clients and i'll say from personal experience i have experienced true burnout like maybe twice like true burnout where i was just like you know just going pedal to the metal for so long and um you know, and one, I think with lashing, it is kind of addicting when you get good, when you get like experienced and you're finally uh, attracting that clientele that, you know, pays your prices. They love your work. Your attention's great. Your your work looks great. You're posting like like that feeling kind of makes you feel like a superhero and you get kind of addicted True. to it in my experience. And so it's easy to burn yourself right out because after about six months, a year of that, you're like, oh, my gosh, I have no life. And I've built this business based around me being present behind the bed every day and I have no life. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of the great, one of the biggest reasons to have a multiple streams of income lined up Two, um, have some sort of backup plan. Like for us, it was education, you nice. know, and we were like, well, I could really only ever retire from lashes if our education stuff became the profit center of our business. And what do you know? And it did. So, we so that, that was my out because um, I was burnt out to be quite honest. And I think also... Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way. I loved my clients, but also like you were ready to do something else. I mean, I'm about to be 25, and I kind of spent oh, so old. No, but I'm about to be 25, and I spent my first like seven years, seven years of my young adult life, like being a full time lash baddie. artist. Yeah, being baddie Maddie. Baddie. Yeah, I was sadie Maddie, but I'm ready to be baddie <gasps> Maddie. <laughs> Not sadie Maddie. Time to retire, sadie Maddie. Yeah, I loved my clientele so much, and I also just you know that feeling of of that like little euphoric feeling you get when someone's like, Oh, I love my lashes. Like, you know, see you next two weeks. You're like, Oh my gosh, I made this person's life a little better. So, um, I also think just if you don't have a backup plan, you're like, look, I just love being a service provider, but I'm scared of being burnt out. Um, a like stick to your hours. Don't do like outside appointments outside of your hours. That's good. Um, don't bend over backwards, you know, really, really stick to that. Like Monday through Thursday, make your policies work for you. And like, I think, and if I was to go back in time and tell myself like, okay, Maddie, you have to be a full-time lash artist forever while you have kids right now in your fifties, like you have to be a full-time lash artist. Here's what I would do. I would say, okay, Monday, Wednesday and Friday, Saturday, I'm going to do lashes like four days a week or something. Yep. And I'm going to give myself maybe days off in between, not just weekends. Mm-hmm. I would do like that Monday, Wednesday, good. Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturdays are like busiest days. Um, and I would probably lash like 10 to 4. I would take no more than four clients in a day. And I would charge top dollar. And I would make it my mission to attract high paying clients. Right? Wow. 
I mean, that's Sounds what I would, awesome. that's what I would do because then I would be able to, You're you know, living. schedule a life outside of yeah. that. And then I would like 4 PM onward to myself. Um, yeah. and that's what I would do. Yeah. That's sustainable. You yeah. You can do that forever. I think I got sunburned out cause I was just a yes man. I would say yes to anything. Do you think the fact that you worked, um, 12 hours a day, seven days a week may have contributed to, that, to it? I don't know. Or maybe it was when you were working like 14 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm, that's still that might have. I don't know. I don't know. We're actually not sure. Why Madison got burned out. I have no idea why. <laughs> who could have guessed? Um, who could have guessed that, that would happen? I can't see the future. Uh, Kimberly Marie Lashes asked, will you talk about imposter syndrome? Stop it. This is oh we could just help. do it. We could just do a motivational speech. It's like you are not an imposter. Stop you it. You are strong. You are brave. I am woman. woman I, I am fearless. I am sexy. I'm divine. divine. Just sing that to yourself. <laughs> <Solve> <laughs> whenever you whenever you're laughing lashing and you're like I'm such you're an like, imposter. I'm bad. I'm like, bad. You put on that song. All, all of a sudden your clients are laying down and they just hear you go. No, you don't ah. even play it. Yeah, you just start singing it. <laughs> and you're you're lashing. And you're like oh I feel like such a sham. I'm an imposter. I'm not good enough. I am woman. You throw away <laughs> six fans in a row, and then you're like, I am woman. <laughs> oh, My best advice go. to you, if you're. Oh, that like, wasn't it. No, oh, I want to okay. give her genuine okay. advice. I feel like people are like asking me very good uh, questions. I should yeah. give them good answers. But yeah, if you are really suffering with just imposter syndrome, I feel like maybe. I just, what's the word? I feel like that was the best advice you could give. I think experience helps minimize this feeling. I think the longer you do something and the more experience you have, like a lot of like really tap into like, you know, um, growing yourself as an artist experiencing new things how much time you've been in the game taking new courses all this sort of stuff the more you know the less of an imposter you'll feel like so does that make sense my yes okay. my uh to piggyback yeah to piggyback i mean that um i i would say for me at least because i i think my brain maybe you in the audience you're you feel the same way but I do not like I can't fix like imposter syndrome or anything like that or feeling like uh, low self-confidence by like shouting affirmations at myself. Yeah. I have to have like proof. That's that's the thing. Like you can't just shout no, affirmations at it, yourself in the mirror. That's the solution is to have proof that you're good at what you do and you get yeah. proof by like doing a good job and people telling you, hey, you did a good job. And that is like, and then like actually listening to them when they say like, oh my gosh, I love my lashes. Like you killed it. And, or even if they don't say it, like just by having people who rebook with you week after week after week, and they would never see someone else. Like that's the kind of stuff that like is proof that you aren't an imposter and that you are good. And if you don't have that, then it's like, then that, that that's a really good chance. Like that imposter syndrome, I wouldn't call it imposter syndrome. I would just call that like, maybe you being introspective and saying, oh, I have something to learn still. And then you take that as like the encouragement and the like impetus to like grow your skills and grow your services so that then you're good enough to get that proof. And you can um, uh, just kind of uh, build a, a, a stack of proof that's finally big enough that eventually your, your brain's just like, okay, 
All right. I know what I'm doing. All right. <laughs> I, I'm good. Great, I'm good. Great question, though. That was great. Um, okay. I'm, we're actually getting some juicy questions as we speak. Ooh. So, um, okay. Let's keep this going. Lena Lash and Brow asks recommendations for dealing with foreign fills that need a removal and a new set. Um, do it. If you have a foreign fill come in, and first of all, I'd like to say some people shy away from taking foreign fills. I've always taken foreign fills. If you're building your books and you want clients that trust you and love you and never want to go anywhere else, take foreign fills and then you can prove to that client. Like if they had a poor experience, that's a great time to prove that you're a better experience because they've only ever had bad experiences up until you. I feel like foreign fills is kind of an alpha move. It is kind of an alpha move. When Taking people are like, fills, no foreign fills, I'm like, why? Because like, because a, it's inconvenient, because they're ugly, because you have to do a little extra work. Like if you're building your clientele, that is your time to shine, baby. Oh, yeah. um, so when I would get a foreign fill that came in, first of all, I would require like um, pictures before they came in. So that kind of gave me a little bit of a um, idea of what they need when they come That's in. Because foreign fills, I would require a picture. Um, and if I can look and see that the work is clean, you know, it's not touching the skin. There's no stickies. It looks great. 40% of lashes are left. I'm like, sounds great. See you soon. And then you can just kind of have a consultation on, okay, do we want to switch up your map? Do we want to go longer, shorter, fuller, wispier, whatever. Um, but if you have, you know, a nightmare situation where it, it needs a removal in a full set, um, then before they come in. You can tell from the pictures. You can tell from the pictures. Usually you can. Well, yeah. um, some people just take a really blurry foot and you're like looks good looks good girl and they show up and you're like you lied to me <laughs> um but i would just you know if they sent me a picture that was horrific you know i would be like oh my gosh no like lashes shouldn't hurt and they shouldn't look or feel like that um so what what i can do for you is you can come in and instead of a foreign fill like you booked we can do a removal and we can do a full set that day if i have time or um we can do a removal and then get you back on my books for a full set you know when Perfect. you know when your lashes are ready to uh be rehabbed and and if there's like damage and rehab you know that's like a great educational moment where they can come in i've had clients that have come in lashes just stuck to the skin like they need you know and you say hey girl don't these hurt and they're like yeah yeah and then like, that, they that, shouldn't that's that good educational discussion where it's like you know you're not shaming that client for maybe seeing someone less experienced or cheaper or whatever no. you're just saying like this lash extensions should they should move freely they shouldn't touch the skin they should feel mm. amazing so what we're gonna do we're gonna do a comfortable removal today it'll take 15 minutes Easy. and then you're gonna rehab your lashes a little bit i'm gonna sell you this amazing serum when you come back we're gonna do a set that looks like this and you're gonna be happy for the rest of your life right that's an artist they can trust True. boom True. um Aesthetics by Taylor, one of my fave students. I love Judy. her. She's from Texas. She has three questions for me. Love it. And I'm prioritizing your questions, girl, because yeah. you were my student. Because you paid oh, us Oh, actually, money. she asked five questions. Let's go. Can I answer Let's all, do of all of them? Rapid fire? Rapid fire. Okay. What's the first one? I'll, <laughs> do, I'll answer them. Do you and Elliot have baby name ideas? Yes. Yes. Next question. Next question. <laughs> I will just say. <laughs> what if that was the only answer? I will just say. She it, has to ask another question in order to so get the answer. It's so funny because I actually, my favorite name in the entire world before I met Elliot was <laughs> Elliot. And in my notes on my phone, I said my favorite baby name for a girl or a boy was Elliot. <laughs> and then I met you and you were like, oh, my name's Elliot. And I was like, oh, well, I could have a junior or two. Um, and so. Or two? Yeah. You could have two juniors. Three Elliots running around my house. My dream. She's insane. And I think it's so convenient because then. insane, you guys. And people are always like, well, what if you had to call one of them and you, they all have the same name? Perfect. They all come. Yeah, that's her oh. dream. No, you don't understand. That's exactly what she my wants. My dream is that I just go, Elliot. And, and then my, everyone my comes. two sweet little babies and Elliot come running to me into my arms. We're like, like go, golden retrievers. <laughs> um. Yeah, we do have baby name ideas. Um, okay, top three tweezers. Tell, give them give one of the real ones. Can I give them the real one? Come on. It's foreshadowing. No, give them one real one. Uh, Rosie. Rosie. Rosie's cute. 
Yeah. That's a real one. Rosie Morris. Rosie's cute. Rosie Elliot Morris. Mm. For a middle name. For a girl, Rosie Elliot. Oh, so cute. Are you crying? Oh. <laughs> I know. I cried. I weeped. I weeped. Rosie Elliot Morris. I love Rosie. I love Rose. Um, okay. Taylor number two. Uh, she said top three tweezers for the flower bouquet technique. Number now, one, boot tweezers. <laughs> do not use a boot tweezer for the flower bouquet <laughs> technique. Good Lord. Um, for the flower bouquet technique, I will just say you need a tweezer that is closed at the tip where the body can stay pretty flexible so it can like release pressure without the tip opening. I really like tweezer man tweezers. Stop, <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> Sit this one out. Turn his mic off. Turn his mic off. Okay. Three tweezers I would Producer. recommend. Okay. The Lashbox LA Master Pro Collection Satin 40 Degree Tweezer, 50 Degree Tweezer, eh. and M Narrow Gold Tweezer. Yeah, are I like that M Narrow Gold. Would you stop? <laughs> are my top three tweezers for the Flower Bouquet Technique right now. Thank you, Elliot. You're welcome. Uh, okay. Uh, where do you want to one day open more salon suites so I can know where to move? Um, You ever heard of Hawaii? <laughs> Waikiki, perhaps. Okay. Um, We haven't crossed that bridge yet. We will cross that bridge when we come to it, but maybe Gilbert. Yeah, we'll cross the bridge when we come to it, but I think if we opened another salon suite, first of all, we wouldn't want to open one out of state right now. I think we would want to privately own and operate like two within Arizona so we could monitor like two of them and see how they go. And the next one we would want to be, if we did another one, huge. Like I would want like like 30 30 rooms rooms, and then a training studio and then the coffee shop, whatever. So I think maybe Gilbert or somewhere in that kind of area. Gilbert's cutie. Yeah. It's so funny. I get messages every day and everyone's like, open one in Maine. And I'm like, I will get on that girl. I will be right there. <laughs> it takes so just long. a moment. Um, okay, Taylor, you're not going to like my answers to these <gasps> next two. Oh, no. You're not going to oh, like them. No. This is controversial. No clickbait. Let's go. But I love Taylor. You know, I love you so much. Let's go. That's the clip, Mia. What are you and Elliot's astrological chart? Sun, moon, rising. You guys work so well. That is we, one. We do work so well. One, two. We have no idea. <laughs> Two, we have no idea. I don't believe in astrology, you guys. I'm sorry. I just, I don't, I don't do it. That's the secret to our success. Oh, if you no. want, if you want to be a successful business owner, everyone's like, "How do Maddie and Elliot have such a good business?" It's because they are Leo rising. It's because my son Cancer is Moon. I'm not making fun of it at all. I'm just saying we, I am. We don't. Okay, I'm just saying. No, we, I'm not. I know. I know. I know. I just made so many enemies. Yes. <laughs> I feel like this is the most controversial thing. Yes, that I've I said on the podcast. But I'm answering these questions. I just, I just don't get it. I just don't. I don't. Yeah, think it's I don't real. think. It, I, <laughs> stop okay and then my girl said what is your least favorite but i am a libra baby (laughs) i am a taurus and then she said what is your least favorite zodiac sign oh it's gotta be libras you gotta be tauruses tauruses are cancer (laughs) (laughs) cancer is libra um honestly we don't know too much about astrology but girl mercury is truly in retrograde yeah am I i right I don't know how we work so well together without knowing our charts. Uh, well, I think it's because the Lionsgate portal was open when we met. Cut this out. <laughs> Cut this out, Mia. <laughs> Cut out those questions. No, no. Honestly, I feel like I feel like if they can't love all of us, they don't deserve to love any of us. Yeah, it's our biggest flaw, you guys. We don't know much about astrology. 
I don't know anything. I respect about it. my astrology girlies. I, I, res- I respect. They're the, ni- they're the nicest girls ever. They are the nicest. girls And a lot ever. of my students have come in and and after the class, they're like, "What's your star sign?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm a Taurus." And they're like, "I knew it. I knew it." And, and, and I'm, I'm like, like they, I did it. And I'm like, they must know something. They must know something. They know something. Maybe, maybe they know something you don't. Maybe we do work really well if together. You, if you want to, um, the all the astrology apologists slide into my DMs and convince me that it's real. Yeah. I'm, I'm open. No, a lot of my clients talk to me about astrology and I'm always so open to hearing about it. It's just not really something that I've been it's interested in. Yeah, I honestly, it's, I'm just not interested in it. Which I, is fine. Yeah. I'm interested in stuff they probably would think is kooky. Yeah. Like, Jesus. <laughs> i talk about jesus and they're like Girl. we talk about jesus all the time okay uh cybutician said how to choose a salon suite that suits you and your business this is a great question it's called lightheart and it's in scottsdale <laughs> and it's the best um if you are no matter what your personality is there no is it definitely matters lightheart what your personality you. is um if you are trying to find a salon suite that is like a good fit for your business i would first look at like what their community looks like and if you want to work somewhere that's a little more um like nobody talks to each other maybe there's um it like community kind of isn't encouraged and why would you want to work there no a lot of people are like that they want to work completely solo in like a very like sterile comfortable environment i respect it yeah like i would take tours ask you know whoever's giving if you're going to like smaller places like not like big corporate salon suites but if you're going to like places that yeah. are locally owned just ask the owners yeah really ask talk the to the owners talk to the owners and if you're looking yeah. for somewhere that like really encourages community and like maybe has events and maybe does stuff like that's going to be a smaller place that's going to be yeah. more of a smaller individually owned place but yeah, if, if you don't want to talk to anyone just go rent a corporate one yeah oh, rent at like an office building or like a more corporate yeah. place if you're looking you for like a, an affordable place um look for like the price per square footage yeah. don't look at like super boutique salon mm-hmm. suites because mm-hmm. those are probably going to be more expensive because they yep. probably offer different perks um and yeah and just kind of get a vibe for what the clientele there is like like sometimes you know you'll rent a a salon suite somewhere and the clientele is like you know i don't know like everyone is i don't know more bougie or maybe they're older maybe they're super young and like you're trying to you know and also you can just find people who rent there and just dm them yeah talk to people that currently happy to tell you absolutely um okay and i think one of our last questions is taylor have any more Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. Um, no, we hit all of them. Love it. I love my girl Taylor. I hope that I'm doesn't... so sorry, Taylor. I'm so sorry. I wish I I wish I believed. Astrology girls seem so happy. They're the nicest people. They ever. seem so happy. We've had quite a few astrology girls around in the building. They're so nice. They are. They're the best. They're charging their crystals in the back. They are. They're sweet as can be. Yeah. Um, okay, it. Salty Culture Beauty asked, when do I know it's time to take another course? Right now. I think the time to take another course is you want to give yourself a good like period of time between the last course you've taken. Mm-hmm. Um, cause a lot of people think, you know, when they become a lasher, they're like, okay, I got all the savings. I need to invest in my education. I'm going to take a classic and then a volume course and then I make a volume course within like weeks from each other. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to take like a combo cl- course of classic volume mega in mm-hmm. like one day. And um, the reality is, That's even though it. it might seem like you're fast tracking your success, um, I would give yourself, you know, um, at least like maybe at very least, at least three months between trainings that you take so that you have time to A, absorb all the information to study and memorize your manual. And then three, like, here's the thing. If you get a manual from a course, you should be memorizing the information in it. 
As long as it's good. Right. And then lastly, um, master your skills. So like you don't want to take a volume course and then learn mega volume like the day after. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can, but um, you want to learn something, get good at implement it, it, then learn it, implement thing. the skills that you've learned from your current class. And then once you're like, look, I've mastered all this, all this that I've learned, I'm ready to move on to something more new and exciting, then sign up for another class. Make yeah. sure that it's something you want to learn, um, yeah. not just because mm-hmm. you think you have to. Like a lot of people will message me and they're like, hey, do you teach hybrid classes? And I'm like, no, I don't teach hybrid classes. Um, Do you want to learn hybrids? And they're like, oh, well, not really, but I just learned classics. And I'm like, well, if you don't want to learn hybrids. Learn volume. Then learn volume. You know, you don't have to do it. Like, you don't have to take a series of classes just because you think that's like the uh, exact way you have to do it. So I would say that someone could take a classic class. And then just go straight to a mega volume. You class can, you absolutely if can. They're ready. I would much rather if someone wants to learn mega volume, not what, like right away. No, but what I recommend, and I've had lots of students of mine that do this, is they take our classic fundamentals course, which is a very in-depth classic course. We tell them to practice for a good three to six months. We make sure that their placement and their direction is perfect, and they're comfortable working on people. Right, that's the most important. That's thing. the biggest thing with classics. After a classic class, the goal of the trainer should be that that student is comfortable working on real people and then maybe three six months down the line um they take our mega volume class they skip over volume because they didn't want to learn it and we teach them flower bouquet technique we teach them pinching um and because they have those placement and direction skills down they're ready to conquer mega volume um they don't need that volume stepping stone because volume doesn't actually um act as a fundamental to flower bouquet technique you can learn flower bouquet technique without any volume experience true yep so um and then also if you find a class that sparks your interest like sign up for it like that yeah it doesn't have to be technique class you can take other classes absolutely little styling classes yeah absolutely if there's something where you're just like oh i really just want to learn like this little thing we have online guides we have online tutorials online courses um if you want to learn angel sets you can learn angel sets from the comfort of your home wispy sets you can learn all that from my heart a lot of other people got great classes too absolutely i ain't gonna lie erin her classes are great Oh, the errands are great. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me look for one more. Um, ooh. This is a good one. Ooh. Kylie Blue asked how to keep my clientele coming back and how should I act on the first service? Ooh. Yeah. Um, well, if you slip a little, like cocaine in their coffee when you're when what they, are like, you talking in. about it's like a drug dealer you get them like hooked what are you and then talking they, like, about they they're associate like, that they're like, like the coffee at feeling. kylie lashes was so good. so good i gotta, I gotta go give back. me some of that no don't. i feel like i've contributed nothing to you've this contributed episode. absolutely nothing to this episode you've actually been a menace this entire episode and <laughs> i just I, caused i just earned us a bunch of enemies you've literally answered all these questions <laughs> terribly <laughs> Um, <laughs> our 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 listeners in the astrology community after this episode are just cratering. I have nothing against astrology. No, I me just... neither. Me neither. I honestly, I feel, I feel bad. I feel like I was too hard on it. You were too hard I on it. I feel like I was too hard on it. I have nothing against the astrology community. I just don't know much about astrology, and and if that sparks joy, I am very happy yes, for you. I know that I'm a Taurus. I know that Elliot is a Libra, and I don't know how the two correlate, but I know that that's what we are. But we are proof that they correlate well. We, I think so. Yeah. yeah. There we go. That's our real answer. All we'll these, just splice this in. All at these the girls are. All these girls are going on first dates, and the boys like, "Oh yeah, I'm a Libra," and she's like, "I'm a Taurus." Oh my gosh, they work so well together. <gasps> oh my gosh. Um, I would say. I, I always treat new appointments with new clients as like a first date. You know, um, you definitely want to act like yourself. You know, yeah, you definitely don't kiss. Don't. Don't, don't kiss, kiss them. your clients. Ellie, can you stop contributing, actually? <laughs> I actually think we should cut Elliot wait, off. Wait till the second or third appointment to kiss them. 
<laughs> do not sleep do, with them. Don't meet their parents until at least like a few months in. Don't crawl in the bed and sleep with them. Don't don't crawl in the bed and sleep with them. No. <laughs> um. Okay. On when I just take. Just, I'll just I'll just put this over here. Just take the mic away from Elliot. <laughs> okay. When I had a new appointment, I did treat it as a first date. I definitely acted like myself. You know, asked them a lot of questions about themselves. You really want to get an idea of who they are. Don't talk a lot about yourself, right? Let your work speak for it when they open their eyes. But um, ask them a lot of questions about themselves, you know, when it's appropriate to talk and then let them nap in, in between. Definitely narrate what's going on if they're a first time, you know, lash wearer. Um, like I always talk about like, ooh, you're going to feel this pad. It's going to feel nice and cushy and then close your eyes gently. Perfect. Comfy? Yep. You know, like kind of guide them through the whole thing, making every single thing that you do not scary to them. Um, and then, you know, at the end, make sure you rebook them. First of all, rebook them, um, give your little aftercare spiel, talk about how beautiful they are, take a couple pickies, um, do a follow-up, text them like two days after and, you know, ask them how their lashes are doing. Um, if it's their first appointment getting lashes, that kind of just makes them feel like, oh, she's checking up on me. And, uh, yeah. And then during that first appointment, just make it as positive and comfy as possible. You know, music, candles, um, you know, the whole thing beyond time. Uh, you don't have to act like some corporate professional, like definitely act like yourself and make it comfortable for them. But, um, definitely the first appointment is going to be a lot more educational than appointments going forward. Like the first one, you're kind of like walking them through what an appointment with them with, with you looks like you're talking a lot about lashes and the service itself. Um, but then the second appointment, you can kind of loosen up a little tiny bit and then dive deeper into like the first, uh, those topics that you ask them in the first appointment. Like I always ask like, you know, about their kids, about their job, about where they work, how far they came, you know, whatever. And then the second appointment you can, you know, go a little deeper. Yeah. You traveling anywhere soon? How's the missus? How's the mans? True. Yeah. How you doing? How you really doing, girl? Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. First appointment, though. He treating you right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. No trauma dumping till the second appointment. Yeah, wait, wait. Ma'am. Good. I think that's the Q&A. Man, we should get drunk before our episodes more often. We did not drink. <laughs> I'm stop. I'm taking this <laughs> mic away. I'm taking your. No, mic you guys. Away. Can you believe it? We're just naturally this funny. Oh my goodness! This is, this is all natural, right? Okay. Here. <laughs> this is just me. <laughs> I am woman. Uh, I am feeling. <laughs> take the mic away from Elliot. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening to my last two brain cells. Thank you so we much. Love this you really, so much. this really was my last two brain cells. This was our, they were rubbing. Guys, together my last this two brain time. cells were seriously rubbing together to answer all these. <laughs> they really were. Oh my goodness. Good. Do we have any more questions? Um, we do. Yeah. I mean, is there? A, what should we close it out on? Should we do one or two more? Are we good? Yeah. Someone um, asked, why is Elliot so stinky? <laughs> oh, that's so, such a good question. So, um, He's so stinky. We don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't know. I have, I think it's like a, a genetic thing. Yeah. I just, it's I always, be. I always smell like onions. I don't know why. Oh my gosh. Okay. Mia, cut all of this. <laughs> cut, cut, cut. Cut Elliot out of this episode. Okay. <laughs> no, I literally, I said last night <laughs> we were in bed. I told Madison last night, I was like, you know, I look at pictures of myself and I feel like I look like I'm sticky. 
<laughs> I did. And Madison was like, oh my gosh. I am sticky. I was like, Madison was like, has, has the last five years of me telling you that you're handsome every day done nothing for you? Literally. I don't know where your self esteem issues come from because literally, I don't either. Guys, I don't know how people bully their boyfriends or husbands because every second of every day, I'm like, Ellie, you are perfect. You are amazing. You are she smart. Really you are you kind. Guys. And Ellie will literally just come up to me. I feel like I look sticky. <laughs> so what has drop what? a comment down below. <laughs> <laughs> Do I look sticky? Yes or no? Drop a heart if Elliot just looks like, <laughs> like this video. If I look sticky, <laughs> dislike. I if literally I don't. work so hard to just constantly feed you words of affirmation. <laughs> I think you are so handsome. It's not even funny. I was actually talking to one of my clients the other day. <laughs> yeah. One of my clients the other day, she was like, "Elliot's so handsome." I was like, "I know." We literally all we talked oh, about. Oh yeah, is how handsome I love you are. her. She's my all, she's my favorite client. All we talked about was she's just how best. handsome you are, and then I'm sticky. I look sticky and ugly. Okay. Until next time, you guys. Smooches. Smooches. XOXO.